Hi, I'm Shruti. And I'm Julie. And this, my friends, is a podcast of convenience. <laughs> it's the same day as last time. Yeah, we're still in the hotel by the airport. So if the sound quality is garbage, that's not our fault. No. That's the hotel's fault. Yes. Also, we're still together in person. Yes, we are losing it. Losing <laughs> <laughs> minds. We've been talking for hours. We just ate a very, in my opinion, heavy lunch. And I'm, well, maybe I just ate too much. You ate a burrito the size of a skull. I'm ready to go to sleep. <laughs> I ate a child-sized portion of enchiladas. <laughs> you didn't even finish I it. I didn't even finish it. I'm ready to take a nap. Well, too bad. I'm ready to discuss a book that makes me insane. But first, we don't have anything to catch up on. No, we've just been talking for hours in this yeah. hotel. It's the same day. It's the same dang day. We got notes. Did you want to say something about the last book? You mentioned competence porn. I did. So we kept talking after the podcast was done, and we came back to um, something that was brought up in the last book, which I'd never heard this term before, but I love it. Competence porn, describing how women are attracted to competent men. And uh, in the last book, Dating Dr. Thill, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but that Prem is an example of competence porn because he remembers all these things about her and then he just puts them into action without ever discussing it. So he's like, I remembered your favorite coffee and I stocked your creamer here and I made you breakfast and you don't have to get up, but I have to go to work and here's your breakfast. Yeah. So competent. So porny. (laughs) (laughs) Such porn. It's like so much media is like the stupid, useless husband and like the beautiful, amazing wife who doesn't, Mm -hmm. who he doesn't deserve, who like does everything. You know, like I feel like even cartoons and stuff have like the bumbling husband. Yeah, like all of those. Mm -hmm. And like we're so inundated with that that now a man just doing slightly above the bare minimum is like porn to us and i think that's been a trope in romance novels for like the existence of romance novels at least in some of them but like it's never really breached mainstream media in the same way yeah it's very much like a women's thing men are just like goofy we want them to be stupid because men are writing stupid things where it's like they don't have to do jack shit to be attractive yeah oh what's that guy that did uh the Third Year Old Virgin, all those other movies, a really famous one. Steve Carell? I don't know, the director. Oh. I'm blanking, but yeah. He's married to Leslie Mann. Really? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Well, anyways, I feel like he's the downfall of... uh, (laughs) Humankind. Human society. (laughs) No, just in that, he, like, writes a lot of doofy, useless men who get really hot women, and I'm like, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that that's what we should be teaching people is normal. Or romantic. Or romantic. They class his movies as romantic comedies, and I disagree. I want to be swept off my feet, mofos. Sweep them. Sweep them. Stock my favorite coffee creamer at your place, even though we've only talked about it one time. Make eggs with my favorite spices in it. Yeah. Just because I mentioned it one time. Remember things about me. Care. <laughs> it's like there's the romance competence, and then there are also just like competence porn, just like men who are good at being alive. Oh, yeah. Like it's not like, oh, he, I have a bachelor pad, and I have, you know, no paintings on the walls, and no bed sheets, and mm-hmm. no, you know, like, that's how I live. Versus, like, and I feel like that's in a lot of media comedies. No, he totally, he had his whole fucking shit together. His whole apartment was beautiful. Yeah, he decorated. Was an accomplished doctor. Mm-hmm. Like, competent. He, like, saved her life that one time. Sure did. Genuinely saved her life. Yeah. And uh, was starting a clinic, had a TV show. He was doing everything. He had it all. Except for emotional availability. And a Charlie. <laughs> he had a Charlie. No! <laughs> Your favorite. 
Oh, God. <laughs> just hit me next time. Just physically cause violence. I still think half chub is worse. I disagree. You prefer in a sexual context to read okay, the words in a sexual half context. chub. I'm reading about his arousal, and instead of saying he was ready to go again or he was becoming erect again, <laughs> you read he had a half chub. <laughs> half chub is the least sexy thing I can imagine. I can't be attracted to that. Can you be attracted to Charlie? More than half chub to me. Whoa. I didn't like it. I noticed it and I didn't like it. But half chub made me go, like, go ugh. Half chub is something I use, a term I only use as a joke because it's so gross. unappealing. Yeah, and, it's yeah unappe- A chub? <laughs> half of a chub versus a full chub? Chub. Chubby. Chub. Your chubby penis. Maybe he was being descriptive. Maybe he had a chode situation. Yeah, a chode. <laughs> And he was, they just didn't want to describe it that graphically in the book. Oh, God. So they used Charlie in Half Chub. Anyways, I didn't want to go back to that <laughs> even a little bit. What I wanted to just say was that I really enjoyed the concept and introduction of competence porn, which was a phrase they brought up in the book. In the book? Yeah, it was Or mentioned. about the book? In the book. Oh, they specifically I've heard said. it outside the book, but then I also heard it in the book. Oh, okay. It's, I didn't like a, newer, it was... it's a newer term for me, so I I feel like it. I heard it online and stuff, but I didn't realize it was in there. I think it's actually in there. I believe it. Yeah. That's cool. All right. That's that. How's everything else? We just ate a bunch of Mexican food. I mean, yeah. I'm wired. We did our hypnotherapy. <laughs> we did a little hypnotherapy. Um, what else? We haven't left the hotel room. We went down to the lobby to get cutlery because Uber Eats didn't bring us forks and spoons. <laughs> That's right. We didn't even go off to get lunch. We no. Uber Eats it to a hotel room. <laughs> We're going out tomorrow. Again, the serial killer. We're going out tomorrow. Again, the serial killer. We have plans. We'll, we'll plan. Today's plan is record podcasts and watch scary movies and eat macaroni. Amazing. Cheese. Amazing. And talk about... Book. Book. <laughs> okay, the book, we talked about it a little bit at the end of the last one, but I'm going to give you the name and I'm going to tell you why I picked it and I'm going to tell you that it doesn't hold up anymore. The book is called The Misconception by Darlene Gardner, written in 2002. You're very specific about that. And I read this book probably in 2009, long before Me Too, long before I was truly awakened to concepts of feminism and the modern world. And so at that time, I read it and enjoyed it. And therefore, it was in a folder of books that I have reread, but I haven't reread it. It's 2022 currently. I haven't reread it in years and years and years. So I included it in a list of possible quick reads to Julie. Like we could just read it real fast and then talk about something. So we could do two episodes. And Julie picked it because the plot line is a mistaken identity, pregnancy. Again, a weird phrase. But that is what the plot of the book is. It is. But you you put those three words together and I was like, well, I'd like to know what that is. And And now you know. Well, then let's read it. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. (laughs) Now you know. It doesn't hold up. I could go back in time. If I could turn back time. <laughs> I would save myself. From, I, would, I can't turn back time far enough to save you from this, but I would save myself from it. But I enjoyed it the first time in 2009. This is a lot about you, I think. No, I'm I was, totally kidding. No, the thing is I was really young. And no, honestly, I, know. I think at that time period, this book was probably subverting expectations. At that time. Yeah. Julie, we were still watching Family Guy. Think about that. That is fair. I want you to think about who we were at that time period. <laughs> I don't want to. You have to. <laughs> Um, but yeah, reading it now, it reads pretty poorly. 
pretty poorly. That's one way to put it. Really, I've talked for a minute. You go. Let's do plot summary. Do you want to give it a go or should I give it a go? I'll start and interrupt me when I've forgotten something. Okay. Main character has a name, I'm sure. Marietta Dalrymple. Mary, the worst name, first <laughs> of all. Marietta Dalrymple. Honestly, it the just dowdy, feels bad coming out of your she's mouth. She's described as like dowdy and having bad fashion sense. She's a biology professor. She's hideous, professor, apparently. Biologist. Yeah, she's a biologist. And, and a professor. professor. Which cool. She real dowdy. She works. That's her personality, by the way. She's a biologist, a dowdy biologist. Stick in the mud. She works. <laughs> she decides she wants to get pregnant. Um, does not, is not in a relationship, does not want to be in a relationship, just wants to raise a child on her own and puts out an ad for a sperm donor uh, for some reason that I couldn't fully ascertain. She doesn't want to just get sperm and inject it so the, the old-fashioned re- way. The reason why she said that in the book is that she thinks that biologically it has a higher chance of implantation if they do it the good old-fashioned way versus doing IVF. Or like Literally a artificial insemination. Would have worked. Okay. So she decides she, she actually to has fucked. to have... She wants to get She fucked. wants to give fucked. She doesn't even want to, though. Okay. So she decides she's going to get fucked. Yes. She puts out an ad. And she says, has hey, reasons. <laughs> if you have an IQ over a certain amount, if you have whatever blah, blah, blah genes that I'm interested in, you could impregnate me. You have to give up all your rights to the future child, and I'll pay you more if you knock me up successfully. And she gets a response. And this man... Is going to fly to where she is and impregnate her. Mm-hmm. And she's going to pay him for it. <laughs> but he gets cold feet. And he is waiting at the airport when he runs into an old high school friend named Jax. Cash Jackson. Cash Jackson. A.K.A. Jax. Somehow worse than Marietta Dalrymple. In the other direction. <laughs> I'm so happy we read this. This is going to be fun. <laughs> I'm genuinely happy. Okay, keep going. <laughs> um... And he's like, hey, you're going to the same place that I was supposed to meet this girl for a, quote, blind date because he doesn't want to admit that he's just agreed to casual sex work, I guess. I don't know why he's shy about it. Um, because it's an insane thing to do. Yeah. He's being like like a like a sex worker almost. He could have just been like, I'm going to go donate almost. sperm. Like, it wouldn't. he didn't have to be like, I'm going to go knock this it's chick up in a hotel. It's 2002. Whatever. People are being artificially inseminated for a long time. Anyway, he chickens out. He says, hey, can you, if you, when you land, can you look for a sign with my name on it and tell the person that's holding it that I'm not going to go? No, here's the deal. He wasn't even going to do that. Cash was like, are you going to meet this person? And then he's like, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. He freaks out in the moment. And then he's like, can I at least tell this person that you're not coming? Because he wasn't going to do that. He was just gonna... blind, you stand up your blind date, quote unquote. Yeah, your sex capade. So he does that. He goes... He flies, the, the, the original sperm donor leaves, and Jax flies there and sees... The ugliest woman he's ever seen. <laughs> he sees a fucking horrible monster witch yeah. holding, in a, in a bag, wearing a, ba- a trash a bag. He constantly describes her outfits as, like, sa- unflattering sack. Sack. And her hair is so tight that it's, like, hideous. Like a bun, tight bun. A tight bun. So he... Sees the Trunchbull holding a sign <laughs> for the other guy, Harold. And he walks up to her and he's like, oh, hey, are you Rhea? Which is a fake name. And she's like, yeah, I'm looking for Harold. And he says, you can call me Jax. Which is not the right move. You think? <laughs> it's not the right move to lie about your identity? 
So he, in, okay, I don't want to say in all fairness, he thinks he's going on a blind date basically by taking it on. And he's super attracted to this woman that he describes as He's like, whoa, is. she looks like an actual dumpster fire and yet my dick is hard. <laughs> yeah. And he's like shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I should remain objective at least for the summary part, but I'm sure not. this book was free to me at one point. <laughs> <laughs> so basically she's like, okay, well, we're going to the hotel. And he's like, oh, okay, there must be a restaurant at the hotel where the blind date was going to take place. And she's like, okay, we're going to my room. And he's like, oh, she must have trouble eating in front of people, so we're going to get room service. And then she's like, hey, okay, put your penis in the vagina. Just, and he's like, whoa, she just she's real friendly. And gets under the covers. Yeah. yeah. And then he just rips the covers off of her. And looks at her. Even though she's like, turn the lights off and goes under the covers like she's uncomfortable, he just rips the covers to, off of her. To stare at her. And she cries. Because she's... <laughs> she fucking cries. Yes. About the invasion of privacy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And this is Mr. Call Me Jax. This is the fucking romantic lead. <laughs> They're both the romantic leads, yeah. I can't. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm keeping it together. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm trying really hard. Okay. Um, so they have a bunch of sex, like, all day. Five because, times. Because they love it. They have a lot of fun with each other having sex. Yeah, once they start having sex, she's just like, I can't control my biological urge. This is the most attractive specimen I've ever seen. His face is so symmetrical. Yeah. Oh yeah, she talks to like waist a, ratio. Yeah, she talks like um, a textbook because, again, her science. whole personality is science and ugly, and <laughs> <laughs> that's all she is. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not. She smiles like twice in the whole book. Okay, it's fine. She <laughs> she doesn't have to be demonstratively smilingly, but she's not happy. No, she's not but, a happy. But person. twice in the whole book, probably. No, because well, because the book gets crazier and crazier. Her life is turned upside down because of this crazy man. Oh, he's. Crazy. So they have a bunch of but sex, she's and she's like, "Oh, I've never enjoyed sex before, and I enjoy this." He's just a great sex haver. Vibrators, and then... <laughs> yeah, right? Vibrators solve so many problems in all these books. Like, finger yourself once, ladies. Yeah. Come on, once, and get a turkey baster with some sperm in it. It's not that hard. You just have to get the sperm, but still, not as hard as like having sex with a stranger. Which is illegal, by the way, paying him for his sperm and giving it via intercourse. Well, not if they both agree to it. It's sex work, which is illegal in a lot of places. Not that I'm saying it should be. I think it shouldn't be, but hmm. it's illegal lots of places. Yeah, I had a question. Okay, so so they successfully implant, but she leaves um, and doesn't give an identity. Yeah. And he only finds out about the whole baby thing because his friend Harry or whatever contacts him and is like, I just received a very large sum of money. Please, for the love of God, tell me you did not meet with this woman. Tell me you didn't fuck this woman. That doesn't know who you are. God. So when I read this at like the age of 17, 18, or 19, I'm sure my brain was just like, shut that stuff off and like go to the fun stuff. But the fun stuff doesn't even hold up now. So I'm like, oh, there really wasn't much to enjoy about this. But like, you know, whatever. My question now, I have so many, so many notes of, okay. The conception of this baby, the misconception, if you will, was done under a mistaken identity in that he did not reveal himself. He was literally having sex with her under false pretenses. Would he have any legal standing over this child? You know, that's a great question. I have no idea. Because he says that, like, oh, I have legal standing, that's half my baby. But it's like, well, you are worded me. Because I didn't know who you were. I feel like if he could be convicted of... Crime. Coercion and yes. sexual assault via, co- or, you right. know, via Correct. false circumstances or whatever. In 2002, would But I don't know if that means that he would lose legal right to the child. But, like, also, could you go to jail for lying to this woman and having sex with her? Today, I think you could. 
2002, though. 2002. Uh, it's romantic in we 2002. We weren't people yet. Yeah, I think. This is so romantic. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so... It's a good question. <sighs> so, baby happens. He finds yep. her via private investigator. Right. Shows up at her school. violating her privacy in every conceivable way possible way in order to worm his way into her life because he's convinced because like, first he's like i'm gonna marry you he's a traditionalist he's like i i have put my seed inside of you and it's he goes to her he goes to her um lecture in class yeah. mm-hmm. and starts heckling her from the back row the first yep. time they've seen each other since they had sex heckling her overtly the entire time even though he was the one that lied yeah because yeah. he's mad because her oh shit i lost my crystal <laughs> okay <laughs> thank you you're welcome so he, her lecture is about how males are not males in animals in most animals are not required in raising young. So like usually her after thing conception, is, her thing is um, parenthood without fathers or motherhood without fathers or something like that. Like the ability motherhood without males. Yeah, motherhood without males in that single mothers are fine. Yeah, but like it, to an extent where like men not only sh- like don't have to be involved, but they kind of shouldn't be involved. Because of her own personal And again, she's getting all this shit from, yeah, her own personal experiences because she's been with cheaters and the science behind it. And her it. father was a cheater. And like a lecture of a class in which you are not enrolled <laughs> is not the time to start arguing with the professor. I wish she had called security on him. She was blind at the time. She had lost her contact lenses. Yeah. So that she couldn't identify him immediately in this meet cute moment. So he heckles her, and then they meet up afterwards, and he's like, oh, I know you're pregnant with my kid. And he's like, she's like, it's not your kid. And then he's like, I'm not Harold whatever. Harold McGinty, I remembered it now. Because everyone has a shitty name in this whole fucking book. McGinty. Harold McGinty. (laughs) The opening Uh, sentence of this book. Okay, I'll get back to that. No, I want to hear it. What is it? I'd love to read it to you. Since we passed that in in the... Yeah. Summary. There's no, this is going to be incoherent. Go ahead. The newspaper in Harold McGinty's hands shook so hard, the words on the page swam in front of his eyes like shivering sperm. <laughs> hey, Shruti? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I read, I read it and I liked it. What's shivering sperm? <laughs> it's when your sperm are scared. They're shivering. His sperm are frightened of her. Harold McGinty. No, no, no. It says the words shook like shivering sperm, as in... It's a simile, <laughs> as if shivering sperm or shivering sperm is something so common that we could use it to describe mm-hmm. a shaking newspaper. Actually, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> I read it. I read it. I need an answer. There was a time in my life when I just used to read free things because I mean we've all been there. It was free, and it it's in the folder of books that I've read. I'm not more holding than once. you accountable for this. I feel bad because I'm I, holding Darlene I've, Gardner accountable. I feel like there for was this. much better books in the list that I sent you, and you picked the worst one. <laughs> I think the time travel one would have been better than this. I think anything in the world would have been better than this. Okay. Anyway, back to the summary. I fully lost my train of thought. Oh, um, he's at the so yes, now. he's decided to worm his way into her life. He's like, the first time they meet, he goes, okay, so obviously we're getting married. And she's like, oh, no, go fuck yourself. Genuinely. And he's like, no, we are. Mm-hmm. In like the most disrespectful way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, he, You're ugly and I'm beautiful. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to marry me? You're in a sack for God's sake. He gets in good with her sister by telling her that like, oh yeah, I'm her fiance. Also her sister. Has a whole subplot we'll get into. She's. That was so disrespectful that she doesn't listen to her own sister. Yeah. It's like, this man is here now and you need one. You need to get the personality fucked right into you. Yeah. Infuriating. 
He moves in next door to he them. He buys the house He buys the house next door so he can be around her all the time. Can I tell you my favorite plot that's about to tie in? <laughs> yes. Because it's the only redeemable part of the book that I liked. <laughs> I stand by it. Go ahead. Cash Jackson, a.k.a. Jax, <laughs> Cash Jackson has a secret that you'll is... never, ever guess. I swear to Christ. <laughs> you'll never guess. You haven't read the book? You're not going to guess it. <laughs> Cash Based Jackson. on the descriptions. <laughs> this, uh, the sound is spiking so much. You need to stop shriek laughing. I can't. Cash Jackson has a secret. Everyone in his life thinks that he is a businessman who works in stocks and bonds and that no one ever asks him much more than that because everyone gets really bored by stocks and bonds. Working in insurance, I know. People get bored. They stop listening. His secret is that Cash Jackson, a.k.a. Ajax, is a pro wrestler known as the Secret Stud Muffin. The Secret Stud. Oh, the Secret Stud. His theme song has Stud Muffin stud in it. Stud Muffin in it. And... He's a wrestler, you guys. He's a wrestler. No one knows about it because he's ashamed. He's a fucking wrestler. Pro wrestler. He's this giant man. He's like six foot a million and weighs like a billion pounds. And he's like, <laughs> I am the most mannish man to ever man. <laughs> oh my god. And... So, throughout the course of the book, he's on a campaign to win her over. Some of which I thought was... Fine. Not all of it. Julie's making a face like she's going to kill me. <laughs> I'd love to hear what you like. No. I liked the part when she is pregnant and has, having, like, back pains, and he brings her a heating pad. Oh, the bare minimum? And that he brings her healthy food. He's, like, trying to take care of her. Healthy food that makes her morning sickness worse? It doesn't make her morning sickness worse. She's, like, gagging. She was already having morning sickness. Well. It's for the baby. Anyways, that he was, he was caretaking, and, um... What else did I like about the relationship? That might be it. What relationship? That might be it. <laughs> I, it's hard to remember and imagine why I liked this so much when I was younger. I don't understand. It doesn't matter. It's my underdeveloped child brain. We, yeah, you were a child. You were not... I'm not holding you accountable it for this. It does not stand the test of time. So he's a pro wrestler. He's a fucking pro wrestler. And, and this, it's a secret from everyone in his life, including his mother and brothers. Right. Oh, and that's one thing, is that he was keeping it a secret specifically for Marietta Dalrymple, because... Stop saying both their names. <laughs> They're insane, I have to say it. Because she is such a staunch feminist that he's like, if she knows that, number one, I'm a wrestler, number two, that my character is a stun, she's going to never marry me. And this is what causes their third act breakup point of order Mm -hmm. she's not a feminist no she gets angry at the feminists okay to the feminists (laughs) oh yeah really quickly description um she keeps doing these lectures on why men aren't necessary and a group of feminists on campus um like start idolizing her Mm -hmm. and going to her lectures and going to like she's on the radio and shit Mm -hmm. and are like following her around because they're like oh it's such a cool feminist thing you're doing by saying that men aren't necessary and that women can do it all themselves and she's like actually that's not what i'm saying I'm saying right. biologically it's not necessary. And she it has this kind of like weird embarrassed mentality around the feminist. Yeah. Also, the feminist thing, the embarrassed mentality. Yeah. Very, very confusing. The way that she writes right? the feminists is as though she hates feminism. Yes. I think she does. And like the character. They're like the, 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 the leader. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. The leader of the feminist Vicky. group. Vicky Valenzuela. <laughs> Not a bad name for once, but yeah. At least a person a of lot. color. Most likely a person of color. I one guess. of two. The other one was a person described as a young black man at the front desk. So there's two people of color. That's right. Who yells at her? Vicky Valenzuela, the feminist, evil feminist, 
she's described as like being this dumb like this yeah. dumb person who just doesn't have a brain yeah and then when she sees cash jackson <laughs> aka Jax, <laughs> she is so struck by how attractive he is it's like all of her brains fall right out of her brain and into her vagina she immediately offers him sex like immediately. But the, the way she does it is like, oh, well, I'm a feminist, so I believe that I can ask for sex, which is fine. But like just the way that it's written feels really offensive. It's super offensive. So it's like she wrote the main Marietta character yeah. to be like, oh, I'm not a feminist. I'm a cool girl. I'm a cool scientist, ugly teacher. But she's not a cool scientist. No. She's an ugly teacher. But she wrote her like that. Based, on her, based on her depiction of other feminists. Mm-hmm. And then she wrote Cash as like a not all men guy. Yes. Oh my god, the descriptions of men in this book are trash. Oh my god. Every time somebody's like, uh, women can raise a kid on their own, he's like, you're trying to get rid of the fathers? What's wrong with having men around? What if I told you the women were necessary for Like, he's absolutely like a meninist, men's rights activist, not all men. Also, every, every single man in the book is like that. Yeah, but he's supposed to be a fucking Even romantic lead. the one described as being I- Ichabod Crane. So every person in this book falls into two categories. You're either the hottest person alive or you're an actual trash bag. There is yeah. no regular looking people in this book. That's it. Which is strange. <sighs> it's wild. Yep. Okay. Plot wise. I don't know what's... Um, what happens. So he does eventually win her over and then he's like, oh shit, she found out on The Wrestler because I got unmasked on TV. And then she's like, I'm mad because you lied to me. And he's like, sorry. And then they get together. The side plot with the sister, by the way, is that she was married and her, she saw her husband, like, kind of getting up close and personal with some woman at a hotel. Mm-hmm. And then she left him and then wouldn't listen to his explanations no, for, like, a year. No, he wouldn't explain. Well, she, I think she, like, immediately, like, blocked his calls and wouldn't let him. No, but also he had the opportunity to explain to her and he just chose never to do that because he wanted her to trust him implicitly. Love and so he him. literally was like, I could explain this to her. But I can't because I want her to believe me even though I've told her nothing to believe. Yeah. Ryan Caminetti. <laughs> um, Caminetti. Yeah. A woman threw herself at him and he was like moments from removing her from him or whatever. And this and happens then, every five minutes in this uh-huh. book that every woman in this book, when they see a hot man, turns absolutely brainless. Feral. Yeah. Yeah. That they just keep throwing themselves at these men. So the, the Peeling whole, these women off of them right? and left. The whole plot line is basically like, she doesn't trust him, and he's like, you should trust me. And she's like, okay, and I trust you again, and then they get back together. Like, it's a subplot, and it kind of informs the main plot, but sort of not really. Yeah. Um, the interesting part is that she thought she got cheated on. She was mad at him for a long time. She served in divorce papers. Yeah. And then at the end, she was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't trust you. I saw you kissing another woman, and I thought the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, she was the villain at the end of it. Because women are wrong. No matter what they do, they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Crazy. Again, I think reading this so young is problematic. Problematic for any age. Yeah. I feel like a worse person. I feel like at this age, I would be like, there's something wrong about this. But at that age, I was just like, oh, he loves her. He loves her enough to completely invade her life and destroy every boundary she sets for me. She has no boundaries that he could possibly None. respect. He walks into her house unannounced all the time. Yeah. And then they're just like... And it's, like, so frustrating because she's put, like, I'm a science, science lady, scientist, (laughs) woman, biologist. It's her only personality trait. But she's, like, but whenever I see him, I lose every ounce of my brain. And all I can do is want to have sex with him. I mean, she does keep talking her science talk around him. I know, but while they're having sex. Oh, yeah, quite often. I think one time he was, like, can you please talk, stop talking about how symmetrical I am? That's not what this is, which made me laugh because she says it so often. 
It's just your symmetrical face. <laughs> it's oh, and the entire fucking book. Mm-hmm. His personality is pro wrestler, of course, which is amazing. I liked the wrestling and bit. Bad jokes, and I don't mean bad jokes like some people would think they're funny, like knock knock jokes, but like bad knock knock, like jokes. fucking knock knock jokes. I like some of them. <sighs> I needed a breath. I like bad jokes. You know that about me. But would you have laughed out loud at any of the jokes he said? Out loud? No, but I would have rolled my eyes in enjoyment. What did the maid do when she saw a please make up card hanging from the hotel door? She pulled out her lipstick. She got out her mascara and lipstick. Yeah. And then he's genuinely like confused and upset when people don't laugh. He comes off a little stupid. He's a fucking giant idiot. He comes off as like a man baby. She calls him an orangutan. She's like, basically, you're like an orangutan in heat at one point. He did get very mad and he then did, left. But she's right. Because, yeah. He's he... literally a wrestler. Well, don't, you know, rest, the wrestling, pe- don't call wrestlers I'm orangutans. I'm saying he's big and strong. Right. Like an orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He has no brains in his head. Mm-hmm. No concept of like her boundaries or social needs. He's no. just like a giant idiot himbo. He's a himbo. It's infuriating. He's a himbo for sure. He's the opposite of competence porn. He is, except that he warms up milk for her sometimes. And she hates it. She has She has to finally tell him, I have calcium fortified orange juice. I, I hate milk. Yeah. I didn't say it was good, man. So my notes are things like, I hope the main characters become likable soon. Nope. And then they didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have one that said, oh dear, she reminds him of his mother. Because he's talking about Marietta. And yep. he's like... She's just like my mom. There's yeah. something about her that reminds me of my mother. Yeah. Confusing. He's very clearly says it in like a that's hot way. Disturbing. Oh, um, this is random, but there are so many typos in this book. Uh, yeah. Like, did probably self copy editor not probably self published in 2002? I don't know. Kindle maybe. So many typos. Yeah, a lot. Um, I put in quotes. He hadn't been able to think straight. About their first sexual experience, he describes that as the reasons why this just happened. Like, why he just fell into her vagina. Because he was so aroused by her unattractiveness that he just fell into her vagina. So it's her fault, is what you're saying. He fell into her penis first. Yeah. He hadn't been able to think straight because she was dressed so provocatively in that sack for him. (laughs) sack in that trash bag. (sighs) For the love of God. (laughs) He shows up and immediately lies to her. I mean, live omission, Um, sure. Immediate lie. Immediately. Are you Harold? Are you Harold? Actually call me Jack. That is a lie. Yeah. That is a bold He knew what the fuck lie. that was. That is not... And it's like, why would you do that? And like, multiple times she keeps calling him Harold and he goes, actually, it's Jax. It's Under Jax. Under what circumstance is that okay? None! Literally none. Okay. Okay. Um, God. One of these notes just says, I hope Jax dies. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what... Wait, where did I write that? Julie, you wanted him to die. You hated oh, him that he much. Blurts out, he blurts out that she's pregnant in front of that guy that she was going to go on a date with. Can I talk about Ichabod Crane? Yes! Okay, so you know how like every man in this book is better than women? Yes, of Ichabod course. Crane <laughs> comes up to... Okay, they describe him as Ichabod Crane because again, you can either be beautiful or ugly. There's no halfway. Yeah. And so... So he's a skeleton man. So Jax like ruins the date that she was going to have with the skeleton man because he was like, how dare you try to date when you're pregnant with my baby, even though like this whole thing is fucked up. Yeah. And so then he scares the shit out of Ichabod Crane, who then is like, I'm not going to get involved in this. We're going to have like burgers and then I'm dropping you back off. You know, the end. The next day she's talking to him and he's, she's like, you're not going to tell everyone that I'm pregnant, right? Because Jax tells her coworker that she is pregnant, which again, 
being pregnant in the workplace can be very detrimental to your career. Like announcing that before you're ready is very yeah. dangerous. Also, I think it's either right after her first trimester or in the first trimester, Pretty which early, people yeah. don't announce generally during their first trimester mm-hmm. because of the chances of baby loss. Anyways, this Ichabod Crane looking motherfucker is like, I didn't tell anyone, but Marietta, you should. Why should she? I don't know. Why should she tell every man that she comes into contact I with that she's no pregnant? I have no idea. There's no reason her for bra- it. Like, Nobody owes, she doesn't owe anything. She doesn't that owe shit. anyone. In fact, it doesn't actually help her in any way. She doesn't owe Jax. She doesn't owe Ichabod Crane. They weren't even like on like a second date. They were on a first date. No. They were going on a date. And he like starts kissing her and hugging her and says like, oh, you're her friend, right? Good. I just want to clear up your friend. Yeah. Since, he's like pissing all she's over her. Expecting blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then she says, how could Jax have blurted out the news when it was her body and she wasn't ready to tell? And I was like, it's a great question, honey. And it never gets ever answered. gets resolved. No. Why no. that that was Because okay. he owns her body because he put a baby in it. Yeah. I, that's when I wrote, he, yeah. I hope he dies. Actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. What other? Horrifying. Okay. Um, 2000, oh wait, are you going to go? No, please. No, go. Um, I got a lot of ick from the wrestling because a lot of it seemed racial. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Oh, really? Yeah, literally. I'm like, I want to talk about the smashing headhunter. Yep. So there's And very... the other one was sat something savage. Yeah. So there's yeah. like no representation in this book um, unless it's bad. It's 2002. If you're thinking about 2002 era WWE, this actually checks with the time period. So... That's fine, but in I mean, 2022, but... it's 20 years, 20 whole years later, I'm going to call it out. The Smashing Headhunter is a Guatemalan wrestler who's not Guatemalan. He is white. Yep. They literally are like, he's not, neither of them have any ties to Guatemala, but this character is Guatemalan. Mm-hmm. He carries shrunken heads. He's like a mystical, magical guy. The, end, the bad guy. He's in the bad guy category, and he's the arch nemesis of the stud muffin, or stud, or whatever, the secret stud. stud. And that the smashing headhunter killed everyone in the secret studs family, and so that's why they're enemies. But that whole thing was bad. So bad. So much yuck. Smashing headhunter. The other one is called the Savage Knight. Not a fan. Yeah. I mean, in 2002, that shit was on TV, so like... It was a different time, for sure. But such ick from that. It was like, really, you had to throw that in on top of all the fucking misogyny? There's so much misogyny in this. And there was so much misogyny under the guise of feminism. That's what's so confusing. It's yeah, like, did I she think, really think this was feminism or was she kind of like tongue-in-cheek like, ha ha, feminism I so feel silly. like she really thought this was feminism because it was 2020, sorry, 2002. And she's like, well, she's a scientist. Feminism. <laughs> she's a scientist and she thinks she doesn't need the baby's dad. And she's wrong. Feminism. She is wrong. She's feminism. clearly wrong. She needs a man in her life. Feminism. Mind-blowing. I am boggled. Um, when in the book, he realizes she lo- he loves her, they have never had a conversation that doesn't involve fighting about the baby. I was actually shocked when he said it this time around. Shocked. I was like, what the fuck? Who? You love who? You've never had a conversation with her that isn't shouting at each other. You don't know anything about you her. You don't know anything about her. She doesn't know, like, your family. You, like, you mentioned later brothers, and she's like, oh, you have brothers? Like... Nothing. They know nothing about each other. They've never had, like, a normal date. Mm-mm. They've never done, like, an activity together. They've never had a conversation that isn't fighting. Mm-hmm. You don't know shit about her. No. And she keeps saying, like, oh, love isn't evolutionarily real. It's just lust in the, you know, the it's urge a four to letter word. Yeah. yeah. Four-letter word for lust. And, like, him falling in, quote, love with her it's after lust. not having spoken to her is proving her fucking right. Yeah. 
But, but, but it's, it's posed feminism. as like the, the sweet moment of the book where he's like, oh, he's in love with her. They've never had a conversation. Oh, I had one more thing that I thought was okay. Oh, please. His grand gesture. I didn't mind it. When he turned into the coyote man at the end. Come <laughs> on, it's stupid, but it's funny. Explain for the audience. Okay. <laughs> so Jax's character is the secret stud. And wrestling persona. He never wanted to reveal his identity ever in the entirety of his life because he's embarrassed by it. But his boss wants to um, reveal his identity in a grand stunt for like a finale on pay-per-view. So they do it secretly where they don't tell Jax and they just rip off the mask and, ah, oh, that's how Marietta finds out and blah, blah, blah. So he's essentially like been outed. And one on one of these like talk shows that Marietta goes on to talk about her theories, she talks about, because she's starting to change her mind about men because Jax is, I don't know, everything about him, I guess, is just enough to overwhelm her brain. Which is it, mind-blowing because he's never been nice to her even. He's also mostly out of town. Yeah. He's not around that much. Wild. Anyways, so <laughs> she does a talk about how coyotes mate for life. And so she's like, not everyone evolutionarily in the biological world, animal kingdom, are single. There are also other animals like the coyote that mate for life, even when children aren't in the picture. Like, they'll raise the children and they'll still stay with their mate because of coyotes. They're just that way. So when Jax gets found out as being the stud muffin guy and Marietta stops taking his phone calls, he does a grand gesture at his WWE or W whatever knockoff. UWA. U, the UWA. The UWA. I forgot what that stands for. Um, association. And he turns himself into the Coyote Man as a grand gesture to prove to Marietta that there is a pair bond and that he's going to mate for life. Not the Coyote. Coyote Man. Like, he's a wrestler. But... Like, yeah, even for a wrestler, that's a terrible name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought it was, like, a good grand gesture. As far as grand gestures go, if, like, dating Dr. Dill guy had done something that unhinged, I'd be like, humiliate yourself for her. He sure the fuck did. He yeah. put on a snout and, like, <laughs> yeah. furry shorts and was, like, howling. Yep. And, like, that's his job. Uh-huh. He's just... the coyote man for her. Because it was a grand gesture. I guess. Yeah. And then she goes to his wrestling match. Right. And they make out. In coyote costume. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> On live TV for all these UA fans. It's nuts. I'm glad I made you read this. You're upset. I'm very upset. <laughs> I finished it on the plane and I was just like looking around like, I can't talk to anybody about this. Something just no. happened to me. You have to wait. Um, this is a very silly thing to be like, what the fuck about? Mm -hmm. But this book is nonsense. Right. Um, oh, it's nonsense. Utter nonsense. Yeah. The sister's ex and now husband again. Ryan. Ryan. Pasta last name. Caminetti. Caminetti or something. Or something. Pasta last name. <laughs> um, <laughs> thinks the main character, Jax, is funny. Like, he's the only one who laughs at the jokes and he, like, yeah. laughs at the jokes. Like, he really thinks he's funny. Um, and I'm just going to read this sentence to you. Ryan laughed again, although it was the last thing he should be doing with the man trying to steal Tracy. Because he thought at the time that she was trying to steal his mind, whatever. Uh -huh. Unfortunately, he couldn't help it. Goliath was a regular comedian, much funnier than Will Ferrell and Tracy Morgan, who hardly ever got Ryan to crack a smile. 2002. 
Even in 2002, is that not weird? Like the two weirdest names to pull? I love Will Ferrell. What and to be like, they're, they're not I was funny watching people. SNL. It was like SNL castmates from 2002. Who hardly people, ever got Ryan to crack a smile. What class were we in? What grade were we in in 2002? We were in fifth grade. Yeah, we were babies. Yeah. This book was written when we were in fifth grade. Yeah. Everyone was watching SNL back then. I. It thinks... doesn't hold up 20 years later, of course. A pickle walks into a bar, and the bartender says, sorry, we don't you, serve food here. Did you write all the jokes out? <laughs> no, I just went and found that one. Because that's the one that has fucking chuckles over here, busting a nut, thinking he's funnier <laughs> than Tracy Morgan and Will Ferrell, who hardly ever got Ryan to crack a smile. I think it's because these women are attracted this to dumb men. <laughs> this joke's funny enough to make you laugh? So you know how, like, the sister and Marietta... And Jax, all three are coming from kind of like broken family structures. Yeah. So Marietta and her sister, their father was a habitual cheater on the mother, and the mother never really addressed it. And the kids saw it, but they never had that resolve for them. The father died in coitus with another woman. I forgot about that. And then the mother finally had no choice but to confront it, but she doesn't really get a chance to do anything about it because six months later she dies. So there's like no positive role models for them to look at at all from either side. Jax goes in a different direction with his. But do you think that because they saw such absolute garbage role models that they're just like, we don't know what good is? That would make sense. And it seems like that because every time Cash, no, Jax is like... Either way, Cash yeah. Jackson, a.k.a. Harold. Jax. Every time Harold McGinty. Like, <laughs> Every time he's like, hey, I'm a garbage person, and she's like, no, you're a garbage person. I don't want to be with you. Mm -hmm. It's usually because she's, like, thinking back about her shitty dad. Yeah. But then she falls in love with the shitty guy who has no respect for her. But in 2002, maybe that was just more of, like, the... Again, because, like, when I read this the first time, a lot of red flags didn't ping for me. Well, sure, we we were very young. I know, but in, in 2002, at the time this was written... I imagine that, like, what were we watching on the media, mainstream media? Like, what messages were we given? Like, Everybody Loves Raymond was so popular. I'm sure that we were like, oh, the incompetent funny guys who I want to end up with. And these are, like, incompetent funny guys who, like, railroad your boundaries because they just, like, know what love is. Yeah. You know what I mean? they love you so hard that they can't listen when you say no. Right. Which, again, like... This is before Me Too. This is way before Me Too. This is way before, like, whatever age of feminism we went through in college or high school. Third wave, I think. I don't know what the waves are. I think it was third. Anyways, but, like, you see what I'm saying? I feel like there must be reasons why this was acceptable at that time. In the zeitgeist. I mean, was it acceptable? Again, it's, full of, it's like, riddled with errors and shit. Like, simple stuff that, like, a regular editor would catch. Is this just like... I'm going to find you a 90s silhouette book where it literally involves abduction. <laughs> no. Holy <laughs> <laughs> no. I used to, so sometimes when I'm joking with my mom, I'll always tell her, I'm like, Mom, do you remember those silhouette books that I used to steal from you? And it was like the Sicilian secret bride or like the Italians this or that or like the Spanish this or that. And it was always like, can I tell you what the plot lines used to be? Because they're all so formulaic. Okay. There's a very, very rich businessman. Okay. Doing busy businessman things. So busy. So busy with his business and his suits. And then there's a girl, probably from like more of a poor background, like a Cinderella type story. Uh-oh. They somehow end up getting married. She ends up getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. He's always deeply emotionally abusive to her. It's <laughs> a good start. And I read every single one. And That's it? And it is, no, no, no. Let me, oh. let me finish. <laughs> 
She loves him and sacrifices and sacrifices and sacrifices. And he's just like emotionally constipated. Hasn't shit a feeling in years. I don't like. Years. And then she gets pregnant. But she doesn't tell him yet what has happened. She catches him in the throes of passion with another woman. Never his fault. He would never cheat on her. This woman threw himself, threw herself at him. She walks in at the right moment to see it. She leaves without even a note telling him. That's kind of what this is, yeah. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. This is actually better than those. And these were so (laughs) common. They were every single book on the shelf for decades that I would see. And so then... She runs away. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know why she left. He doesn't know that he's pregnant. He has a private eye. And like a year later, five years later, however many years later, he tracks her down and finds out that she had his child. He's furious and then becomes emotionally and sometimes physically abusive. (laughs) And blackmails her into being with him. Because he's like, you took my child, you ruined everything, and now I'm going to take both of you back to wherever I'm from. And that happens because she's like, I can't let you just take my child. And he has more money than her. So he's always threatening her with legal action. Like, if you don't do this, I'll ruin you and I'll take the kid both. So he hijacks them both. But then in small moments, you're like, maybe he does love me because he, like, I don't know, did gave me, I don't know, a dress or something stupid. <laughs> something so stupid. Oh And then the book ends with him finally saying, the reason why I treated you like garbage for the entirety of this book is because I love you. And she cries, and they're a family. (laughs) That's that's the trope. How many of those did you read? Innumerable. Why are you normal? (laughs) I'm not. How are you? Well, (laughs) how are you this level of even close to normal? Therapy. Wild. Lots of it. Lots of women reading these things. All of our mothers, all of our mother's mothers didn't even have access to this. So they were just getting, oh, I can't say it. That's dark. They were being treated. They were treated, living it. <laughs> they, were li- they were being treated very unfairly by society with no outlet. Okay. Or financial. You know, like women couldn't yeah. even get credit cards until the 70s. You knew that, right? Yeah. But what the. They f- had no financial freedom, no ability to escape. They had to make the best out of the circumstances they had. 90s feminism meant at least they got to pick. And this is kind of at the tail end of that. It's right at the end of the 90s, early 2000s. So this is actually a little bit better than what I was normally looking at. Because at least she has a job. That's not like I'm a destitute person. This is after 9 11. <laughs> <laughs> 9 11 happened. And then yeah. 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 It's just not that old. Oh my god. I know it's 20 years old. Yeah. It just doesn't feel that way. It feels like it should be better. And not every old book is like this, but a majority. That's crazy. Involve abusive men of some sort. And this guy's at least like not physically abusive or emotionally abusive. He just doesn't understand her boundaries. I think he's emotionally abusive. He makes her cry a lot of times by completely disregarding her bodily autonomy. Probably. Yeah. At least that first time we just stares at her naked for some reason. A stranger. A fucking stranger. Yeah. Harold McGinty. Harold McGinty and Rhea. They're fake names. Good God. Wild. Do you have any more notes? My last note Mm -hmm. says, we are not allowed to read a book with the I don't believe in love trope for one calendar year. I can't guarantee that. If we we can't possibly avoid it. We'll try. They they must believe in love. I will look through. I think the time travel one, he does believe in love. 
But there is other stuff that happens. Because time travels. Because time travel. They don't travel back to 2002, do they? No, they travel back to, like... That was the year of the devil. Medieval France. It goes... If you, I mean, like, it's going to be hard because it's medieval France, but whatever. Anyways, my last note was, the science piece is questionable because everything she says is very questionable. Yeah. And she entirely misses the concept of socialization relationships. Mm -hmm. So her whole thing is, like, biology is everything. Like, we're like these crazy animals, and that's that. Like, she uses science to fit her narrative. Which makes her a bad scientist. Yes. Yeah. To be fair, there are a lot of those. True. But I wish that since she was a woman, and we're supposed to be looking up to her, her science was less fallible. Yeah, she's a scientist and ugly is her whole personality. And her whole thing is like anthropology, and I've taken anthropology classes, and they're not like this. No. She's bad at it. She's bad at it. She's bad at her job. Yeah. She uses her emotions to guide her data, which is not how you're supposed to do science. No. So that was The Misconception by Darlene Gardner. It's a wild ride. Darlene, you've written 40 books or so that I've read in your Wikipedia. I really, really hope that they've improved since then. I forgive you a certain extent because of the time period it was written in. I don't. Fair enough. I will never forgive, and I will never forget Darlene. <laughs> and if I see you in person ever... It's on it's sight. It's on sight. <laughs> it, I don't even know what she looks like. But if anyone She's ever introduces themselves as, as an Darlene... Older, an older white woman. On sight. Probably like you, but in like 30 years. Oh, I was like, oh, excuse me, older white woman. I thought no. you were stopping it. It's probably like you. Probably like you today. Like you. Look at a mirror. Your age. Okay. I was 12 years old when this book came out. Oh, God. We were so young. Um, anyway, so I feel like at least, I know we did the Nora Roberts one, but I feel like this is actually really representative, representative of a certain type of romance novel that we haven't touched on at all. And never will again. No, we totally will. I'm going to find one. I'm going to make you read it. Oh my God. I'm going to find a silhouette one, like from Walmart. That's like well, not next. Cover. We have the next book. Yeah. Okay, let's find that. Wait, uh, what's your <laughs> spicy rating? Oh, God, we can rate this shit, huh? Yeah. Um, It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because there is sex in it. No, no, there isn't, by the way. There's the mention of sex, but it is very much a like, oh, they get under the covers and the, the lights go out and, the, you know, pull the That's curtain. very true. There isn't any depiction of also, any sex. Also, like, because of the fact that he's lying about his identity, that it's made me, like, really assault. icked. It made me really icked out this yeah. time where I'm like, this is genuine assault. Yeah. And I didn't get that the first read through when I was younger, so. Zero. Because of this, well, they had one consensual scene. Yeah. One. I'll give it a one. Zero. Julie gives it a zero. I give it a one. Sentiment rating. One. Zero. You can't go lower than one. We talked about this. <laughs> you can. What is this book? All right, fine. Julie gets to give it a zero. I you didn't even give Fifty Shades a zero. Fifty Shades of Grey more than this. No way. That one's so much longer. I'm shocked. Yeah, me too. Shocked? It was more? so upsetting. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> it was so upsetting. Hot dog. She's not happy about it. <laughs> Oh, one thing I wanted to do today that we didn't get to do before we pick our next book is Smudge Date. Our update on Smudge. The oh, yeah. Because her picture is on the gram That's if right. you want to see it. We, we talked about it. it in two episodes ago. Uh, the podcast was interrupted by finding a cat who was named Smudge in honor of Smudge. Tally Hibbert's book, Get a Life, Chloe Brown. Um, the cat Smudge. Uh, she's still at my house. Um, I have been... Trying to call shelters in the area that will place her in a home. Question. Yeah. When are you coming to LA for uh, that party? October 28th. Just thinking about it. I really want that cat. If you can keep the cat, that would be dope. She's I very really nice. I really want her. She's still, like, she's about a year old, I would say. And she's filling out now that she's not starving. And she looks mm-hmm. more like an adult cat now. 
Um, but she acts like a kitten still. She will attack your legs once in a while. In a playful way. But I want a cat. She's very, her. very nice. She lives in my house. I can't get a damn shelter in my area to call me back because they're all, I don't know. If you guys know Evan in real life, some of you do, <laughs> you can just casually drop the hint that this would be a really good birthday present for me. Oh, that's true. End of October would be close to your birthday. Yeah. Ish. It's closer to his, but... Both of you. That's what I said, and he's like, "Well, we can if you want it," and I was like, "Well, I do, but like, I need to know if you're on board or not." So I'm just saying, if you know Evan and you want to casually drop to him that we could totally have a dog, a cat, and a cat, and then maybe another dog and then a baby, you know, like that's fine. Cats are good to have in pairs because they keep each other busy, right? Yeah, and she is really well mannered. Smudge is cool. She's a very well mannered little girl. Other than that, she dips her stupid paw in the water bowl and splashes it everywhere. We have one of those fountains. Do you think that would be crazy? It might keep her busier than... Like, she might be able to pull the fountain part instead of just scooping water out of the <laughs> ground. Or maybe Chi will keep her busy. Yeah. Because she's bored. My, she has to be kept separate from animals, so she's just really bored yeah. all day. Chi just does zoomies around the house with a hairband. Oh, Smudge saved me from a spider the other day. Oh, she's a murderer? She's Well, she didn't kill it, but she kept it away from me, and it was crawling uh, towards me. So. Oh, that's really great. It was fair. I was like, you're my little I've hero. always wanted a little black cat. She's very good. She's a good a little Halloween friend. So if you know Evan, um, I wouldn't be upset if you slid into his DMs with the message that your wife wants a cat for her birthday. Okay. Should I read our comment from Instagram? Yeah. Our listener, Jamil, messaged us our next read that we want to read now. So we're jumping ahead. So if you send us an email or a DM with another book, we're going to apologize. But this one is topical and time sensitive. We want to get to it before we hear any buzz about it. Mm Mm-hmm. So Jamil said, you guys think you'd be able to do an impartial read of Light Lark or are y'all, fucking Texas, or are (laughs) y'all already too deep into the book talk drama? Might make for an interesting, in quotes, episode if you go into it blind. And I haven't heard a thing about this book. Me neither. I've never even heard of it. Light Lark by Alex Astor. Julie's already bought it. I'm going to buy it right after we're done. I have not heard a single thing about it. And then on the plane back from uh, this trip, I'll probably start reading it. Same. Dope. And that'll be our next one, so I'm going to read along. worried. Apparently there's some kind of controversy, and yeah. I'm hyped about it. Is it going to be worse than this? Probably. It cannot. It cannot possibly. be. This was <laughs> a journey. We went on a journey together. <laughs> we survived. I've reread this book. Yeah, twice now. At least. At least. Probably more. Wild. Isn't that wild how our brains can change like that? Oh, the siren's kicking off. Let's give him a second. Yeah. Julie's dancing to a siren right now. Okay. Okay, the fire truck has passed. We have introduced our next book. We only have mail that has book recommendations in it right now, so we're going to hold off on reading those. And you can please, for the love of God, email us your meat cutes at podofconvenience at gmail.com. Julie's a deets monster who wants to be a cloudy deets monster. I want to be a cloud that just eats tea. I love love. And I want to hear your love stories. So please send us some meat cutes or whatever you want to send us. Yeah. Book recommendations. That was this, the line. this, that, and the other. Yeah. You can find us on TikTok or Instagram. And Instagram has photos of our kitty, Smudge. Smudge. So you guys can see really, really cute photos of that kitty cat on our Instagram. 
And that's either a pot of con or pot of convenience. And that's all we got for you folks. But, as always, we love you. And we love love. Stop it. Never. Actually, don't stop that yet. I want to edit something in. I just remembered tea I have for you. Deets. This is your deet? This is your deet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this isn't real. This is real. No. <laughs> okay, I can't move because we're recording. <laughs> How far along are you? Very, very, very early. That's why I'm not telling anybody. Oh, my God. But I figured certain things I might do you might notice. While we're here together. I can't really hide it as well when we're together. How would I... Are you like morning sick? Sometimes. Really? Yeah. <gasps> Not usually badly. It's too late. I don't care. <laughs>